And what do I do, preacher? Call out to him. Call on his name. Call on the name of Jesus. Don't let him get out of here without touching you today. Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, In My Name, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, a passage that is familiar to you. Starting at verse 15, Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils in my name shall they speak with new tongues in my name they shall take up serpents in my name if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them in my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The title of this exhortation this morning is this. In my name, Jesus Christ, 33 A.D. You may be seated. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's all about the name of Jesus. Don't go in your name and preach. Don't go in the name of your church and preach, but go in the name of Jesus and preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news, so go in my name and preach the good news to everyone. And when you do, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now those who do not believe, they're not going to be saved. And here's what happens. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Take up serpents, drink any deadly thing. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And I love the last couple of verses. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. There is a friend of mine that is a wonderful saint of God in Brother Mendenhall's church in South Bend, Indiana. His name is Melvin Hoover. Brother Hoover is the sixth cousin removed 
from President Hoover. And he is a unique man. And Sister Hoover was a wonderful lady. When I look back over 15 years of evangelistic work, traveling, crisscrossing this country, most of my friends were indeed ministers, pastors, preachers of the gospel. There were very few saints that we interacted with, very few saints that we corresponded with. But Brother and Sister Hoover were such good friends with their pastor at that time, the Filers, and they became close friends to us. And Sister Hoover held Sister Kristen Keller when she was a baby. Matter of fact, we celebrated her second birthday there, and um, the Hoovers were a part of that. A few years ago, three or four years ago, Brother and Sister Hoover stopped by here. You may remember that. We took them to lunch. They surprised us. We had no idea that they were coming. And uh, when I think about Elkhart, Indiana, and I think about the Hoovers, and I think about the Filers and their church in Elkhart, I remember when Rodney Filer received the Holy Ghost. And Brother and Sister Hoover, they were both there. And during the service, six-year-old Rodney Filer, who now lives in Florida and goes to Brother Ballesteros' church, uh, Rodney took an ink pen on a Sunday morning and he wrote a letter on each one of his fingers and his thumbs and it was simply J-E-S-U-S-S-A-V-E-S. Jesus saves. He tattooed himself during the service with those letters, came to the altar, six years old, raised his hands up, and the Lord filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not recommending you do that this morning, but uh, you do have to make a commitment to him. Praise God. And so, Sister Hoover, um, after being married to Brother Hoover 63 years, passed away last week, a week ago, and uh, I talked to Brother Hoover this week and spent about an hour with him on the phone. And I just let him talk. I could tell that he wanted just to express what he was feeling on the inside. And he said, you know, we were married 63 years, and we were of a certain persuasion that I will not mention, a denominational group, and he said, we were so hungry for God. I'd been raised in that church, and at age 19, and Sister Hoover was 18, we was married, and it just, we, we said, we've got to find a church. And so they went to another church and then to another church and then to another church and then to the fourth church and finally to the fifth church. And he said, did not matter what the name was on the door, every church we went to preached the same thing. It just, there was nothing there until someone invited us to an apostolic Pentecostal church. And he told me this week, on the phone, he said, my first time in that church, I said, these people are nuts. They are crazy. And this was like 60-some years ago. He said, but I felt something. 
And he said, I listened to the message, and he said, Lord, if I can just find one place where you said something about speaking in tongues, then maybe I can believe that. And he said, you know what? He calls me Gary. He said, you know what, Gary? I found it. And I said, tell me about it. And he started quoting Mark chapter 16. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. He said, there it was. And he said, the next time I went to church, my wife came to the altar. I stayed back with a grip on the pew with white knuckles saying, I know what I read, but I'm not sure about this. And he said, back in those days, they didn't mess around. Three or four brethren came back, got me and drugged me to the altar. Well, we may just do some dragging you to the altar today. Praise God. And he said, when I got to the altar, the Lord baptized me with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And all of a sudden, it became real to me. Can I tell you today that these signs do follow them that believe? And Jesus said in 33 AD, in my name. There is no other saving name other than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in the Gallup poll, Americans were asked this question, who do you think Jesus Christ is? 70% of Americans believe that Jesus is not just another man, but he is the Savior of the world. However, only 42% of that 70% believe that Jesus is God. 27% feel as if Jesus was all human, but that he had a divine call upon his life. And 9% of Americans state that Jesus was divine simply because he embodied the best of humanity. Then there were those who limit their acceptance of him being uh, not anything more than just an influential person who lived on the earth, and that's what they believe about him. They also believe that Jesus is unique to the degree that no one can be compared to the inspiration that he has had upon generations. But I come to this pulpit today to declare to you from behind this holy desk that if you simply consider Jesus to be a good teacher, and if you only see him as just a holy man among men, and that your opinion of him is that he is merely a strong religious leader, then you will miss the mark concerning who he was 2,000 years ago and who he is in this house of worship this morning. Merely basing your opinion on his remarkable life and superior teaching will not and cannot remove the stumbling blocks Satan has set up on the road to your salvation. The enemy of your soul 
does not care if you think that Jesus was a good teacher, a strong religious leader, a holy man, an influencer, just as long as you don't equate and associate and link him to being God manifest in the flesh. The real test we all must pass is the question, who do you think Jesus is? And your answer must revolve around who he claimed to be and around what he accomplished during his 33-year mission here on earth. And that's why I read for you in John chapter 8 and verse 23, Jesus said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. There is no Christianity without Christ. And there is no salvation without Jesus Christ. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. He is all God and he is all man. He became a human being. He died by crucifixion on the cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He arose from the grave three days later. And this morning, he is the only all-sufficient savior of lost humanity. And one more thing, he will be coming back to this earth and he will be claiming his own one of these days. Therefore, first and foremost, Jesus must be your savior today. In just 24 days, we will celebrate Christmas and this is what we believe. We know that Christmas was not the day, the 24th of December was not the day Jesus was born, but we celebrate it. And I'm glad that our world celebrates it. Hallelujah. And so on the 25th of December, we will celebrate Christmas or the birth of the Christ child. Here's what we believe today. The Holy Ghost overshadowed the Virgin Mary. And she gave birth to her son, and her son was God manifested in the flesh. Brother Lee, I'm going to ask you to be seated so people will see me and not you. Thank you very much. No problem, my brother. Amen. I want you back up here in a minute. Hallelujah. If they don't start standing up, I want you to stand up and help me. Praise God. And everybody said amen. I love Brother Lee's enthusiasm. Praise God. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, if everybody had his enthusiasm, I wouldn't even get to preach. So thank you for not having his enthusiasm. Praise God. The Holy Ghost, this is what we believe, that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Now watch this carefully. Listen to the angel's remarkable declaration to Joseph 2,000 years ago found in Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. 
But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she, this is what I want you to hear, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Not going to save them in their sins, going to save them from their sins. Hallelujah. It was a dream that came to Joseph. His name will be called Jesus. Here's what I want you to see today. The first mention of the name Jesus in your New Testament is associated with salvation. It's associated with the fact that he died to save you. And the most important thing is for you to be saved. Let me tell you, the, the word of God tells us that when we are born, we should weep. That, uh, when we should cry, but when we die, we should rejoice. Can I tell you right now that this day is a sad day in my heart because of Sister Jan, but I rejoice with her home going that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. And Sister Jan died through repentance, was buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, was filled with the Holy Ghost. And even though we lay her to rest, she goes to her grave with a hope that Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, the name that's inside of her that has authority and power over the grave. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Can I preach to somebody? The name of Jesus is in this house and he is a mighty God. Jesus said, in my name you shall. In my name you shall. At the moment of his birth, Jesus Christ became a savior for his people. At the moment of his birth, he became a well in a wilderness. Someone wrote this down, and I share it with you. Light in the darkness. He became a refuge in the storm, a feast in the midst of famine, an oasis in the desert. When Jesus Christ was born, he, got, he brought a calm to the violence that's in this world. He became a, a, if you please, a pearl among pebbles, a diamond in the dust, a song in the time of sorrow, a lamb among wolves, a dove among vultures, a rose among thorns, a garden in the midst of a jungle, a rainbow in the storm clouds, a victory in the midst of defeats, and a blessing in the midst of burdens. And notwithstanding, Jesus Christ became our hope in the time of despair. You see, when Jesus Christ, or when God robed himself in flesh, and when his name was revealed, it was at that moment that Jesus became a shepherd seeking for sheep, a savior looking for a sinner to forgive, a physician seeking for patience to heal, a father looking for a prodigal son 
to declare him to be his son again. A king looking for someone who would declare him the king of kings and the Lord of lords. At that moment, Jesus Christ, when he was born, became the groom looking for a bride here on the earth. And he told us, whatever you do, do it in my name. Colossians 3.17, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none of the name given among heaven, uh, among men whereby we must be saved. I love Acts 8.16, the Holy Ghost fell on them which were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so it brings us back to Mark chapter 16. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I don't expect anyone under the age of 50 to identify with what I'm getting ready to say because what I'm going to say it's a lyric from an old song that you probably never heard. But there are some people 50 years old and older in this house that understands what I'm saying when I say, he saved my soul from sin. He gave me peace and joy within. I've been buried in his name, and of him I'm not ashamed. I love Jesus best of all. I know some of you young ones don't know that, but that was a staple. That was manna from heaven, Brother Eric. That was a word from God in song. I wish somebody would sing it again. He saved my soul from sin. He gave me peace and joy within. I've been buried in his name, and of him I'm not ashamed. I love Jesus best of all. Do you understand who you have? Do you understand what you have? Do you understand the power of his name? Can I preach to somebody, thank God we're living in this hour and this day where he has given to us a name that is above every name that has authority and power, and in the name of Jesus, I bless you today, God, I magnify you today. I love Jesus best of all. Come on, somebody clap your hands under the Lord and shout with a voice of victory and give God a praise in this house. Thank him for the name of the Lord that's here today. In the Old Testament, each time the Lord was described by the prophet, it came forth like this. He's a counselor. He's the prince of peace, the mighty God. He's wonderful. He's the everlasting father. Every time there was an inspiration from heaven resting upon those wonderful matriarchs and patriarchs of the Old Testament, it was a new revelation as to who he was. All of a sudden, there's a writer that said he is the counselor. And they step back and say, oh, Jehovah God 
It's a new revelation. He's the counselor. Someone else would take pen and parchment under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Men of old wrote as they were moved on by God and they would pen something like this. He is the prince of peace. And for the first time, they saw that in writing. And they said, oh, he is the prince of peace. It was a new revelatory position. It was a new revelatory uh, outpouring that was upon them. And the next time, he's wonderful. He's the everlasting father. And every time this new revelatory thing and this new revelation came to them concerning who he was, it, it inspired them. They had another touch. They they didn't know what to call him. They didn't know what to call manna. They didn't know what to call him. They knew him as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Salome, but they didn't have a name. In other words, something else was revealed about him and about his nature and about who he was. But this morning, hallelujah, when we call him Jesus, his powerful name encompasses everything that he is all at once. I don't have to just call him what they called him in the Old Testament. I can call him Jesus. In the Old Testament, they were limited to calling him the strong tower, but I call him Jesus. In the Old Testament, they had to call him a rock in a weary land, but I call him Jesus. In the Old Testament, they called him the lily of the valley, but I call him Jesus. He is the I am that I am, and we need to know what we need and bring it before him, and I'm going to say it again. He doesn't have to become anything today. He already is. He is your provider. He is your savior. He is your redeemer. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is, and his name is Jesus. Just call Call on the name of Jesus and watch Jesus set you free because he is Jesus. The moment we touch him by faith, the moment we call on his name by faith, anything can happen. Listen to John chapter 14, 12, 13, and 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. And whosoever shall ask anything in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That brings me to a man known as blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. There was only one man born blind in your New Testament, and Bartimaeus was not that man. The man that was born blind, Jesus came to him and healed him as well. The Bible says that he was born blind. Bartimaeus, according to Josephus, the historian said that Bartimaeus, or the son of Timaeus, had the same problem that his father had, and that his father went blind, and now Bartimaeus went blind. I would say, not from experience, but just in my thinking, that it would be one thing to have never seen, and everything just be dark, and you didn't really know what anything looked like. 
I think that would be one circumstance that you would have to deal with. I think maybe a little more difficult would be that I used to see, and so I know what it looked like, and now I can't see. That was the case of blind Bartimaeus. He came every day in Jericho, 15 miles from Jerusalem. Every day he came and sat against the wall, and with his cup out, and his beggar voice going, he called for alms. Alms, alms, alms. Would somebody lend me a coin, a shekel, an alm, a livelihood? This is my livelihood. Someone please help. And there he was against that wall every day until one day it is obvious that he had knowledge of who Jesus was. Someone witnessed to him. Someone said something about somebody having power to heal the blind. I don't know when it happened, but I know that he had a message delivered to him about a man, a man. Don't really know much about him, but hey, Bartimaeus, I was in Jerusalem the other day, and I saw a man spit on the ground and make some clay out of the spittle and dust. And I saw him put that in a man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and he came away seen. There's an answer, Bartimaeus, but the answer is in Jerusalem. The answer is 15 miles away. And I can see Bartimaeus as he clutches that man's lapel and pulls him down close and says to him, tell me his name again. What did you say his name was? Are you telling me that there is a healer? That there is an answer? That there is a God that can heal in Jerusalem? Do you know it's impossible for me to get to Jerusalem? Do you know that 15 miles is called the Red Road, the road between Jericho and Jerusalem? 50, a day's journey was 20 miles. This was three quarters of a day's journey. People would not make that journey until they got large groups at the gate, either in Jerusalem going to Jericho or a large group in Jericho going to Jerusalem because they would travel in numbers. Why? Because the Red Road was called the Red Road because there were so many thieves that spilled so much blood on the road between Jericho and Jerusalem that you would never dare travel that road alone. You would wait for the crowd in the gateway. And Bartimaeus now now sits back against this wall and he puts it in his mind. There's a Jesus out there somewhere. I can't get to him. I can't travel the red road. I can't get to Jerusalem, but I do know this. If he ever comes here, if he ever comes to Jericho, if I ever hear that he's in town, I'm not going to let him leave until he touches me. And on that fateful day, on that day when
when Bartimaeus was leaning up against that wall, begging for a livelihood, a livelihood, somebody said, I believe Jesus is coming. And Bartimaeus said, what did you say? I believe Jesus is here. I believe he's coming down the road. I believe that the healer is here. And Bartimaeus stands up. He doesn't care who hears him. He starts crying out. What does he say? He starts saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I can't get to where you are, but it sounds to me like you've come to where I am. And I'm not letting you get out of my city without calling upon you. And people begin to say, Bartimaeus, sit down. Bartimaeus, be quiet. Bartimaeus, don't say that anymore. Bartimaeus, shut up, Bartimaeus. Oh, no, not Bartimaeus. He made up in his mind, if Jesus ever comes this way, I'm not letting him go. He's not getting out of Jericho without hearing my voice. Can I preach to somebody the miracle of what's in this house today is you couldn't go to where he is. You couldn't go to heaven, but he said, I'm coming to where you are. I'm going to come to your Jericho, and if you'll cry out to him, he'll do for you what he did for Bartimaeus. He'll heal you. I feel the presence of that God in this house today. He's come from another world on this Sunday morning, and what do I do, preacher? Call out to him. Call on his name. Call on the name of Jesus. Don't let him get out of here without touching you today. And so Bartimaeus, Jesus said, bring him to me. And they brought Bartimaeus to Jesus. And Jesus asked the question that he will ask everyone in this room. What do you want me to do? It's obvious. That's beside the point. He already knows. He wants to hear your voice of faith. He wants to hear you say it. Bartimaeus, what do you want? Oh, Lord, that I might receive your sight. And Jesus laid hands on him, and immediately his sight was restored, and he was healed. Now, here's the beauty of the rest of the story. That's how one chapter ends, but the next chapter starts this way. And when they were come to Jerusalem... In other words, Bartimaeus, with his new eyesight, started following Jesus just like Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, and the rest of the disciples. He said, I'm not staying in Jericho. If you're going to Jerusalem, I'm going with you. And he traveled the red road to Jerusalem. I don't know how many miracles he saw, but he was a witness everywhere that he went that something happened to me in Jericho. I could never get to Jerusalem, but look where I am now. I followed him. Let me preach to somebody right now. You think that you're stuck. You think that there's no answer. You think there's no way out. You think nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. That you don't have hope. You don't have a way out. Let me preach to you. You are one statement of faith away from being delivered today. Calling on the name of Jesus. The Lord wants you to follow him to a place you can't go by yourself. Paul followed him into the Paul followed him into the third heaven and I feel God calling somebody saying come on. I want to show you things I've never shown you before. I want to reveal to you things you've never seen before. If somebody will just step out by faith on this Sunday morning, you can follow him. I feel the holy power of God in this house. Hallelujah. And he said, in my name, you shall. 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 Come on, somebody put faith together with your voice and declare that Jesus is able on this Sunday morning. He is able on this Sunday morning. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You have access to him this morning by calling on his name. Philippians chapter 2 in closing. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made of himself no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. His name is a saving name. His name is a healing name. His name is a delivery name. If you call on him today, he will answer. He will hear. He will supply. Abraham knew him as the sacrifice on Mount Moriah. Moses knew him as a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. Aaron knew him as the rod that budded. Gideon knew him as the angel of the Lord. Ruth knew him as the kinsman's redeemer. Samuel knew him as the Ark of the Covenant. Elijah knew him as a still, small voice. Solomon knew him as the wisdom for Israel. Isaiah knew him as the one high and lifted up. Ezekiel knew him as the will in the middle of a will. Daniel knew him as the hand writing on the wall. Joel knew him as the Holy Ghost baptizer. Haggai knew him as the desire of all nations. And Malachi knew him as the son of righteousness that will arise with healing in his wings. And on this Sunday morning, after giving due consideration to all of my Old Testament counterparts and the titles and the applications that they gave to their Lord Jehovah. Today, there is one name that outshines all we could say about him, and that name is Jesus. So go, ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.